Hey, what's up, guys? Guess what? We're back again with another another episode on the podcast. Funny story, though. We got another new name, the 740 Sports Show. I'm here with Matt and Griffin. Say what's up, guys. Hello. What's up, boys? All right, today we're going to talk about college football. Um, so we're going to start off with Alabama-Mississippi State. We're not getting into it too much. Um, mainly, we're just in here going to talk about um, the Tua injury today. Um, left the game with a hip injury. They later said it was a dislocated hip, um, and he's potentially going to be out the whole year. Um, what do you guys think? Um, well, it's a big blow considering how good of a player Tua is. You hate to see that, especially this late in the season and them needing him for the rest of the year if they're trying to make a playoff run. But, I mean, Mac Jones came in, played well, uh, 7 for 11, 94 yards. I mean, also up, he's still got some weapons. Jared Judy had a great game, seven catches, 114 yards. I mean, they always run the ball well with Najee Harris. Got three touchdowns today. Um, yeah, it definitely hurts, but, I mean, I think that if Mac Jones just is a game manager, they'll be all right there. Yeah, so a little bit of background on Mac Jones. Um, ESPN had him at a four-star out of the class of 2017. He was originally a Kentucky commit. Um, and actually his lead recruiter at Kentucky was dismissed before he was supposed to go there. So it's kind of speculative that he left or he decommitted because of that. And he went to Alabama, um, limited action for him so far at Alabama and his one start this season in place of Tua, he was 18 for 22 for 235 yards, three touchdowns, one rush for one yard. And that was against Arkansas and easy W. Yeah. It's a high school team, but I mean, a win's a win at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, I think they'll be all right with Mac Jones. Um, obviously, they'll they'll uh, be a step down, obviously, without Tua. But. Uh, yeah, I'm curious how he's going to do in that Auburn game here in a few weeks, the Iron Bowl. It's at it's at Auburn, too, I'm pretty sure. So that's going to be interesting how he handles that on the road. Yeah, that'll be a good test for him. Um, okay, so now we're going to jump into Penn State, Indiana. What did uh, what were your thoughts about the, t- the game today? You know, seven-point game. So Sean Clifford, he didn't really do a great job throwing the ball, but he did get it done with his feet. He had 10 carries for 55 yards, two touchdowns. Um, offensively, I mean, like I said, they didn't really throw the ball too well. Hamler was out early with an injury. Um, they were able to run the ball with Journey Brown. He had 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, so that was good there. Um, time of possession, I mean, it's pretty equal for on both sides. Um, they did win the turnover margin overall, though, which honestly came down to it. One, one possession game, they won the turnover margin. Yeah, um, you know, I think the big thing that I thought about um, today was K.J. Hamler left early um, with an apparent injury. Uh, James Franklin was quoted later after the game as saying, the feedback that we're getting is we're hopeful he'll be back for next week. And obviously next week is at Ohio State. You know, it's going to be a big game for them. They're really going to need him to be able to try to take down Ohio State. Um, But the thing about that is James Franklin has said before that guys would be back and they haven't been back we don't know a whole lot about Hamler's injury so that just kind of um something that something that we're not sure about so we'll uh, keep an eye on that um obviously for the sake of the game we hope he's back because that'll make it a better game but um like I said a million times already we don't know that oh so, yeah he's gonna have to play better against Ohio State if they're gonna want to win that game yeah Clifford's gonna have to really show up in that game he didn't play overly well against Indiana and it showed it was a one possession game um moving along 
Missouri and Florida played today. Florida was the winner, 23-6 to on that game. Um, not a whole lot to talk about there. Um, the next game on the docket in Nebraska against number 14, Wisconsin. Wisconsin won that one easily, 37-21. Jonathan Taylor, you had, what, 200 yards rushing in yeah, that one? 200 out of Jonathan Taylor today. You know, he just does what he does, two touchdowns. Um, the next game, Michigan versus Michigan State. Michigan won that game going away, 44-10. What do you think about yeah, that game? I was pretty impressed with Shea Patterson. He was 24 for a 33. He threw for four touchdowns. Uh, Nico Collins had a touchdown. Or, no, Donovan Peoples-Jones did. Uh, and then uh, uh, Ronnie Bell, he, he broke out. Nine catches, 150 yards. He played really well. Honestly, their their offense has looked pretty well ever since that Notre Dame game. They've been really starting to pick it up. It's it's going to be interesting here in a few weeks if they if they maintain it, how that Buckeye matchup is going to be. It's going to be a big one at the big house there. Yeah, you know, and the next game coming up is uh, one of Matt's favorite games. Notre Dame played Navy today. Notre Dame came out a 52-20 winner. What do you have to say about that one, Mr. Notre Dame fan? <laughs> well, I was expecting them to win the game, but I didn't think it was going to be by, like, that decisive like they 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 came out played well they scored i think they scored a touchdown their first six drives so they they came out did what they needed to do get ahead early they forced four turnovers uh ian book he's been really throwing the ball downfield really well he's been finding chase claypool he had four touchdowns today um they they didn't run the ball well they only had 100 yards rushing uh ian book led the way with 31 yards but i mean they forced they forced some turnovers they they executed on offense. I was pretty happy with the win. Yeah, you know, the big thing that I kind of come away looking at is only 31 rushing yards out of Ian Book. That's pretty uh, pretty well, crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, what they they were trying to lock in on him. They had a spy to keep him in check and kind of make him – because what he likes to do is he likes to run off of those pass plays, which, like, opens up. But they were – they had a spy on him and kind of forced him to beat him with his arm. And he went 14 for 20 today with five touchdowns. So, I mean, he – he played pretty well. He yeah. broke the. He actually broke the Notre Dame record for uh, most uh, five touchdown games in a season. He had. I think this is his third. So he yeah. broke the record there. Yeah, I did read that. You know, uh, Khalid Kareem. He really played well today. Forced their first two fumbles. I want to say. Yeah. Um, they had four fumble recoveries overall. Yeah. So they were playing really well on defense, and also Navy was really just coughing the ball up a whole lot. Yeah, it seemed they like did. if you looked at him, they were dropping the ball in the game. Right. Today. Right. Yeah. Um, Julian Acquire. Ever since like he got hurt, Khalid Kareem. He stepped up today. Uh, Helping fill that void a little bit um, definitely helped. But, yeah, so it was a good game out of them. They got a big game again. Well, not a big game. I mean, it's Boston College. But hey, on to next week, 1-0. and We'll take it. One more thing to note, the uh, time of possession there, They uh, Notre Dame held the ball for 12 minutes less than uh, Navy. Navy had it for 36 that, minutes in that game. Yeah, that's how that's how they are. I mean, triple option teams like that, the the best way for them to stay in games is for them to run the ball and milk the clock. And they, they I think they had a – they had a nine-minute drive towards the end there, so that really milked it. Yeah, you know, um, that's bound to happen against yeah. a team like that. It wasn't wasn't an end-all, be-all thing. Obviously, no. the Irish came out a 32-point victor. Um, we're going to move on to Ohio State, and uh, they played n- n- the, uh, the, the shitty Rutgers this the week, Rutgers. we'll say. I uh, couldn't get that one out of my mouth. You know, they were a 56-21 winner today. Um, I just have to say... Justin Fields, you know, he played really well, as he always does, 15-19 for 305, four touchdowns, 30 yards on the ground on only three rushes. Didn't play what maybe one uh, – didn't he play in the, the second half, but maybe one dr- series, yeah, right? Coach said uh, if he scored a touchdown on the first drive, you'd go out for the game, and they did that. So Yeah, you know, and then it was good. They got Chris Chuganov in the game. He's actually a uh, native of Skillman, New Jersey. Um, so it was kind of a big week for him. He got to play in front of a lot of family, uh, which was kind of cool. He threw two touchdown passes. 
J.K. Dobbins doing what he does, 17 rushes, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Master Teague coming in just being a bull. That man is going to be fun to watch next year, and he's already fun to watch this year. Chris Olave really stretching out the defense. Deep four catches, 139. Um, I the, the big thing for me, I didn't really – I wasn't really a big fan of the fact that we gave up three touchdowns today. I know that a lot of the game was the second and third stringers in it, but I think we were pretty lax this week, which is to be expected, and that definitely needs to be cleaned up next week against Penn State. Yeah, I think they were definitely looking ahead for that Penn State game, but... Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, things like that happen. They had the muffed punt, which led to a touchdown there in the second quarter. Um, just little things. I'm sure you know Ryan Day is going to be on them to to get to get that stuff cleaned up because that can't happen against good teams. But the thing that I did also take away that I really liked was at the end of the first half, they had a three-play 50-yard drive that only took them 31 seconds to get the ball in the end zone. Um, that That's good for them. They were able to move the ball quick in kind of a, a two-minute drill type of situation, which is something they're going to need to you know know how to do in a big game. Um, moving on, Clemson and Wake Forest. You know, Clemson, not much to say about that game, 52-3. to three. They were that they're playing well at the right time. Everyone, I mean, I know they haven't really played anyone this year, but I mean, they're winning convincingly. They were having questions early, just getting by. But I mean, Trevor uh, Lawrence, he he had a good game today. He's twenty one for twenty seven with I think four touchdowns. He had a great game. Etn had over a hundred yards rushing. They're they're playing well right now. Yeah. Um. The next game up, Houston against Memphis. Memphis won that one fifty or forty five twenty seven. Um, don't got a whole lot to say about that one. The, the, the big game, that well, not so much big, but it was a very interesting game to watch. Yeah. Texas-Iowa State. Iowa State won that one by two. Field Texas goal there at the end. We got to say about Texas football. I don't, they're not back by any means. I mean, it's always the false narrative, the overhyped top ten heading into the season. And I mean, last year was false hope. They played Georgia. They beat them pretty convincingly in that Sugar Bowl, and it was kind of like a false hope, I think, in a way. But they're I don't know what direction they're going in. They they had a the number three recruiting class in the country this year. They have the number six next year. I mean, so that they have the the talent. I don't know if it's coaching or what, but they're not getting it done. Yeah, you know that Tom Herman guy. He is quite a polarizing person. I, he might be a little overhyped ever ever since he's gotten there. I think he's gotten this image, and I don't know if he's like living up to it. Honestly, do you think maybe he's in the same boat as Jim Harbaugh? Honestly, I think he's doing. I think Jim Harbaugh is doing better than him at this rate, because Jim Harbaugh has won a major bowl game, and he's had more ten win seasons. I know he's only been there for what three years, but still, Herman, he's only been there for three years, but still, you got to think, he's only had one. It took him fourteen games to win ten games last year. Yeah, that uh, that's true. Uh, Kansas State, West Virginia game. West Virginia came out a 24-20 winner in that game. The new, Yeah, they they put a new quarterback for that one. It really seemed to do them a difference. Yeah, that really helped them out there. You know, Kansas State also, they're kind of falling off the map after their little uh, little rise to prominence. Um, Auburn, Georgia, you know, that was a big game. Georgia was winning pretty convincingly there and had a little bit of a scare there towards the end. They came out a 21-14 uh, victor. What do you got to say about that one? Um, so Georgia came off strong to, from the get go. They, um, Jake Fromm didn't really play that well, but I mean, when you get DeAndre Swift involved, he, he ran for over a hundred yards. Like I said, when they get the run game going, it opens everything up. I mean, think about it. Jake Fromm didn't even have a great game, but they, they still, it still felt like they had control of that game for most of it. They were leading the whole game. They were up 21, nothing for a good majority of it. Kind of took their foot off the gas. Their defense is still playing great. I mean, 
they forced Bo Nix to throw 50 passes, and if you're doing that, forcing him to do that, you're it's looking promising, even though he threw for over 200 yards. he They're not a type of team that wants to go pretty much air raid offense on you. If you're making him throw 50 times, you're doing something right. Yeah, you know, and I haven't really watched Auburn super close this year, but I think it's kind of a concern when your quarterback is the leading rusher there and your next closest rusher only has 26 yeah, yards. Yeah, their offensive line is questionable when it comes to their running game. They, they they try to get the run game involved, but when you're too predictable there, you're forced to rely on a freshman quarterback to throw the ball, and it's kind of putting him in a tough spot. So, Yeah, you know, um, as he gets more experience, he'll obviously get by with that. By his junior year, he will be a solid player. But right now, he's still learning, growing. So we'll see. It's interesting to see her where he'll go from there. Yeah, you know um, that Jake Fromm guy. He continues to do what I like to see. He he wins games. He doesn't he, he do threw, a ton. Yeah. You know he but. threw for three touchdowns. I mean, he only threw for over a hundred yards. But like like I said, he's like the Alex Smith type quarterback. Like 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 I said, he didn't turn the ball over. So like he's still. He's still doing things right, even though his stats weren't the greatest. But yeah, and as you find a way to win, DeAndre Swift with a good game, seventeen yeah. rushes for one hundred and six. Um, Dominic Blaylock there, he had two catches for fifty yards and a touchdown. Georgia held the ball for twenty seven minutes in that game. Auburn actually had it for thirty two, so they had it for a little bit more, but they weren't able to do enough to get back in the game, win the game, or however you want to say it. You know, and they actually, I don't know if you they, noticed that or not, they had that uh, that uh, controversial call there on the onside kick. They did, yeah. Yeah, um, that could have that game kind changer. of yeah. yeah that really they, swung the game there. They also won the turnover battle too. That was pretty big. Yeah, that was um, good. They came down to it. So, um, probably my favorite matchup of the day: Iowa, Minnesota. Iowa came out a twenty three nineteen winner. Um, as I said last last episode, Kirk Ferentz's team came to play, and that was what they needed do needed mm-hmm. to do to keep Minnesota from winning the game. Um, I'd want to say Minnesota was probably riding a high from their win over Penn State, and that's to be expected. They just didn't execute enough. I I think them getting that media attention, I don't know if they were ready for it. I mean, Iowa came in, Nate Stanley played a pretty good game, and like I said, they've had three top ten wins at home in four years, so they're known to win the big game at home. So, Like I said, I had a question mark about – Iowa always playing spoiler, and I didn't know if this would be the game. I thought that Minnesota was going to be ready. I mean, they didn't play necessarily bad, but I would just play a little bit better. Yeah, you know, that's that thing Iowa's good for. They uh, continue their trend of being that solid program that doesn't get over the hump, but they do just enough to ruin somebody else's season. (laughs) Um, We know all too well about that here on the 740 show because they've done that to our Buckeyes before, and that that sucks when that happens. That's no fun. And they, they did, their defense didn't force any turnovers, Minnesota's today either. So that that kind of came down to it a little bit as well, needing that one turnover to get them right in the game. But You know, and this is going to be Matt's second favorite game of the, day, <laughs> the LSU-Ole Miss game, you know. Um, we got a big running joke here on the show um, that Matt is a fan of LSU because his dad takes pictures for LSU. Um, it's all in good fun, though. Uh, let us know a little bit about that, though. Um, so, yeah, so he's been taking pictures for them for the last two years. Uh, it's just a coincidence that the quarterback there is from Athens, Ohio. So we've been pulling, we've all been pulling for him, but it makes me reform a little bit more since my dad's, uh, he's taking pictures for him. So they've been fun to watch these last two years and hopefully they can win it all since, uh, obviously my Irish can't, so. 
Yeah, um, that Joe Burrow guy, he continues to play really well. 489 passing yards today, five touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but, yeah. you know, when you throw the ball 42 times, that's going to happen. Yep. Um, I don't really have a big deal with that. No. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he continued he's, to show he, that he's He was underrated guy. heading into that this year, and he's really been breaking out. Yeah, over over 150 yards rushing, you can't beat that. So Yeah, 23 carries, yeah. 172, really good. Jamar Chase showed out, eight catches, 227, and three touchdowns. They've got, yeah, they got some special wide receivers. That dude's a burner. I mean, yeah, Jamar. when you got Jamar Chase and Jordan Jefferson on the same team, that's tough. They're going to be, I think they're going to be solid NFL wide receivers one day. Yeah, and you know, Thaddeus Moss showed out a little bit today, 63 yards on five he, catches. He's that safety net, though. Big tight end, has a good presence. He he, had, he made a pretty clutch catch against uh, Bama last week, too. Yeah. Um, the one-handed one. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the one-handed one, yeah. Yeah, you know, another uh, kind of running joke we got here on the show, not really running joke because we haven't had a ton of episodes, but is LSU's defense Swiss cheese, or is that just me thinking that? So, I don't think secondary-wise they're as big of an issue, but I think the running defense today was kind of skeptical, considering the fact that they gave up 400 rushing yards. And last week, I mean, I know that they were playing Alabama, but Najee Harris, he was getting six yards, seven yards of carry, like, easily at will. So, like, I mean, last week it wasn't as big of a concern because it was Alabama, but this week when you're playing Ole Miss, they're not as good of a team and they're still able to do that i don't know if that they're just also coming off that high against the big game against bama but i mean they still did what they needed to do they won by three touchdowns but still the defense i mean you don't want to face a point where you're going to run into a team where like a team like georgia like who knows like they milk the clock these eight minute drives you're not going to be able to have these quick fast uh pace fast paced games like how you're going to handle a, a slow grinded out game it's going to be curious to see if they're going to be able to handle a game like that yeah, that was kind of the big thing I noticed um, in, in the game today for LSU. They jumped out to a quick 21 nothing lead. You know, they really showed they were obviously the better team on the field. Then they got a little lackadaisical, led Ole Miss back in the game. Yeah. It turned into a 31-15 game at one point, kind of. Um, they had to sweat it out a little bit, but obviously they won it um, in a big margin there. Um, the thing that I really thought was interesting, John Reese Plumley for uh, Ole Miss, the quarterback, I guess you want to call him, because he threw some yeah, He's passes. a running back with an arm. That's really what it comes down <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, that's probably a more fair way to say it. He had 21 rushes for 212 yards and four Ooh. touchdowns on the ground. What do you got to say about a quarterback like that? We'll put him quarterback, air quotes. Yeah. Well, it's that's kind of what they did, if I'm not mistaken. They, right? they did, yeah. Then they had back uh, – Corlin at one point, and he, he threw a 55-yard touchdown towards the end of the game. But, yeah, so it it was kind of interesting how they utilized both quarterbacks in that situation. I wasn't really expecting their quarterback to run at, like that, but it was a different look, and I think that's what maybe gave them trouble. But, I mean, 212 yards is a lot, and 400 is a lot too, so hopefully they can get that taken care of. But offensively, they're still, they're, they still have not missed a beat there, so... Yeah, that's kind of one of those things Ole Miss was going to have to do to try to knock off an LSU is do some different things, you know. LSU was up 14 nothing at one point, and Ole Miss called a kind of a weird timeout on a fourth down play, but if you looked at it really close, they were going to go for a fake punt there, but they didn't get the look they wanted. Yeah, um, They just needed to try things like that to try to win, and they didn't do enough of it, which is not a huge deal. You know, that kind of happens. They weren't expected to do a whole lot in that game, but they made it interesting for a little while there. Um, Elijah Moore with nine nine catches for a 143 and one touchdown. He he was their go-to receiver, it seemed like, in that game. Um, they got two picks off of Burrow, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. 
Um, you know, obviously not a huge they, thing. There. They were they were getting some pressure on him. I will say that from watching the game. Yeah, but when you're on the field for that long, you throw that many passes. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, that's bound to happen. Um, not a big deal there. I think that five touchdowns really counteracts. Oh that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's hard it's hard to see the mistakes when you're doing so much positive things. So yeah, no doubt. Um, how about South Florida? They gave Cincinnati a little scare there for a while. At one point, South Florida was up seventeen seven. Uh, Cincinnati pulled it out 120 to 17. You know, those Bearcats are at number 17 there in the polls, but I just don't know how how they continue to play these teams so close that are clearly not on their skill level. Um, and one of these days, that's going to come back to bite them. Obviously, yeah. they're only losses to the Buckeyes right now, but if they keep playing like that, it, it someone's going to clip them. I think, I think they've got maybe Navy still, or um, they already lost to Memphis. Yeah. Temple and Memphis. Yeah, they got so they got Temple and Memphis left. So I think that if I I believe if Navy wins out, they're gonna be on the other side of that. So they it's looking that they could face a, um, a Navy team. So that'd be an interesting game. But yeah, Cincinnati's been getting by. I mean, like, it's hard to hate. I I've been one that's been a hater, not a really a hater, but just been skeptical of how they've been winning. But at the end of the day, you are still winning. So I mean, you got to commend them there. Yeah, you know they say a win is a win is a win. You're right. Um, the primetime game of the night, Baylor hosting Oklahoma. Oklahoma came out a three-point winner there, 34-31. Um, the thing that I really took away from that game, Charlie Brewer and the Baylor Bears were getting almost whatever they wanted in the first half. It was really the Charlie Baylor show, or Brewer show, excuse me. Um, he was running all over the place there eventually, and as Matt will mention here in a second, he said it on the couch. All Oklahoma needed to do was put a spy out there or just, you know, kind of do something to slow him up a little bit. And they did eventually do that, right? My thing was, why did it take them so long to do it? Because for the through that whole first half, he was just running at, like, Will. I mean, he was looking for... Killing the, them on the Yeah, game. he was... He looked, he'd, like, look for a wide receiver for a second. Then he'd take off with his feet and get 10 to 15 yards. What also hurt them was Jalen Hurts did have, I believe... I think it was one interception or two... One. It was just well, he threw that one interception. They almost ran it all the way back, so that gave them pretty good field position. Um, I believe there was a fumble as well that they recovered. Um, Baylor recovered. That was near there. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. talking about the uh, the Jalen Hurts fumble on the one. No, though there no, was another. That. Okay. Yeah, there was one. I think in the first half that set them up with pretty good field position. They had a couple. They had a couple drives that were short field, but they they capitalized on them. And early they looked good. They looked like they had a statement to prove. It caught me off guard, but I knew that Oklahoma had a. A high high powered offense that I wasn't necessarily worried about it yet, but once it got twenty to three, I was like, if they can get it to three touchdowns or two touchdowns by the half, they still got a chance. Yeah, that was the thing, as I mentioned, the Charlie Brewer show. Um, <laughs> if I had known that he was going to run like that in this game, that definitely would have changed my opinion on what I thought was going to happen in the game. However, I also didn't think that they would squander a 25-point lead to Jalen Hurts, but um, it, in the second half, it very well did turn into the Jalen Hurts show. Now, if someone would have told me that they were if that Oklahoma was going to be down 25 points at one point in this game, I would have thought like they were lying to me. But, I mean, Baylor, they, they came out strong like they did. I think it was a lot of hype. This is the biggest game they've had all year. There's a lot to prove. Um like I said, they did what they needed to do early, but then in the second half, they were. it looked like they were playing the clock more than anything. They were really conservative, but like I said, Oklahoma kept them in check with not letting Brewer run around the field. 
and it really gave them issues. I think they, they ran at one point seven plays about heading into the fourth quarter. Or no, midway through the fourth quarter, they, they ran seven plays the whole second half. So that defense at Baylor's was getting worn down. So you can't really fault the defense there for giving up some big plays because it was a matter of time. When you have an offense like when you have an offense like Oklahoma's, it was a matter of time before they got going. But they were without C D Lamb though, which was also an impressive come from behind win. Yeah, you know the thing, um, C D Lamb, he took that big shot in the game last week for Oklahoma. Um didn't play this week, obviously, with an undisclosed injury, whether it was a concussion or whatever it was. Didn't play for them, so that was obviously a big loss for them. But Jalen Hurts stepped up 30 for 42, 297 yards, four touchdowns, um, 27 rushes for 114 yards. Kennedy Brooks with 18 rushes for 93 yards. Lee Morris was pretty much the go-to receiver for them tonight, seven um, receptions for 86 yards. Um, the thing that I did notice was, um, as you said, Baylor only ran seven offensive plays there in the second half. They only held the ball for 18 minutes the whole game. And when you're playing Oklahoma, you'd think you'd want to you'd want to keep the ball away yeah. from them. Yeah, what I said. Yeah, I remember saying how if they if they were gonna want to win that game, they were gonna need to win the time of possession, which they didn't even really need to win the time of possession overall, but at least make it marginally closer. I mean, when you only have the ball for 18 minutes in the game, think about it, that's only like a quarter. That's a little over a quarter of the game. So when your defense is out there for three whole quarters about, that that's going to wear and tear on them. Yeah, especially when you let a team like Oklahoma possess the ball for 40 minutes. Jalen Hurts, yeah, especially with a special talent like Jalen Hurts, too. Yeah, that's just not going to work. Um, you know, the moment was too big for the Baylor Bears. Yeah, they pissed um, down their leg, no doubt. They did. They will be back next year. They'll be they, back I, and better. Um, Matt Rule will have them ready to go. Brewer will be back next year, too. They can develop him a little bit more. I'm I'm sure there's going to be some recruits coming in, too, as well. I mean, they're getting their name out there. Matt Rule, hopefully he stays for a while because he's really fun what he's been doing with that program. Yeah, so long as he'll stay around yeah. there, he'll make that place a place to be, um, yeah. and they'll be back up there at the top of the Big 12. Um, well, that really wraps up the big the uh, big primetime game. A few other scores of note. Um, Appalachian State, they beat Georgia State 56-27 tonight. Utah was a winner over UCLA, forty-nine to three. Not much of a game, you know. Those Pac-12 games are almost unwatchable. Yeah, would we, you say? I mean, we off. tried watching that USC and Cal game, and that was like watching paint dry. I mean, it's just so tough. The just seeing the level of competi- competition between Pac-12, like we go from seeing that Big Twelve game between Baylor and Oklahoma to a, a Pac-12 game like that, and it's just really hard to watch. I mean. Even Oregon and Arizona. I mean, Oregon jumped out early, and I think it was twenty-one to six at the half. And then I, it, I don't know how I feel about either Pac-12 team, but I think that they're going to get exposed if they get on the spotlight. Yeah, you know, um, we'll jump into a little bit of conference debate here. It's really hard for me to say this, but at the same time, it's not. The Pac-12 is clearly worse than the ACC, right? We just know it how is. bad the ACC is too. The thing is, yeah, the ACC is not good by any means. I'm not condoning them at all. But the Pac-12, I think, is just on another level of shit. It's just, it's terrible. Just real bad there. And like I said, you you have them facing a team. I mean, even if they don't make the playoff, if you see either team facing a team like Oklahoma, they're going to get ran off the field. I mean, Oregon lost to Auburn. Auburn is on their way to four losses this year. And that's the team they lost to. And they were, and Oregon was owning that game too. Imagine if Auburn was out playing them yeah, that game, that was how that would have turned out. That was, Oregon controlled that game for yeah. probably, what, three of the four quarters, and yet they Auburn. still lost the game. Imagine if Auburn was controlling that game. And on top of that, that was Bo Nix's 
first game ever playing football. First game yeah, in Jerry's world. Exactly. So the moment was already big for him, and he they came out on top. So you know that uh, Justin Herbert guy. He uh, he should have left last year. I think him coming back to Oregon is probably going to hurt his draft stock a little bit. I mean, he's just not really been talked. To. I think yeah, it hurts him because now Joe Burrow, like he's the talk all all the talk this year. He's definitely getting it going to get drafted before him. He's. He's literally almost the same player, except he's just a better version of himself. And that's, that's that's the thing, you know, I understand when a guy like Justin Herbert does that. He goes back for senior year. He wants to accomplish what he hasn't gotten done already. But in some cases, you really just need to, to get out of town and just go off to better things. Well, and maybe it wouldn't have turned out well in the NFL for him, but it's clearly not going to be as good from the start for him now as it would have been if he'd went to the draft earlier. Was it was it academics he came back for? No, so I so there were speculations that the the Giants had that pick that were one of the top picks and they were looking to draft him and from what I heard he wasn't really interested in wanting to go to the Giants. I don't know if that like I said that might just be speculation but that was like part of it that I heard is why he wanted to stay is because he didn't want to go to the Giants. Yeah, and that's crazy to me because they've got one of the better running backs in the game obviously by the name of Saquon Barkley. Why so, would you not want to play with that guy and Evan Ingram on top of that? Yeah, see they've got ten, yeah. Job. Yeah, they I mean yeah, it's a, you're you're guaranteed money. You're you're healthy too, so you should just quit while you're ahead. That I, first round contract would have been huge, but obviously the, we're getting into a topic that's for a different day. We you know, we what are we to talk about something like that but you know those are just some quick notes that we have on that and some thoughts let's just backtrack one more thing on utah there i'm still trying to figure out how they're ranked seventh they lose to usc and by means i mean they're six and four but i just don't understand how they still get the credit to be a top seven team with they haven't played anybody and they're still falling number seven the committees, I don't understand what fascination they have with them. And even the people on ESPN, they talk like they're this this great team. But, I mean, you played UCLA today, and they're still rebuilding. It's only, what, Chip Chip Kelly's second year there, right? Second or third, I'm not I think it's his sure, second. Man. I think it's his second year there. So, like, they're still rebuilding, but I, I just don't understand Utah. So, who would you have uh, over them? So, all right, so what are we looking at? So, well, I mean, I would have had – originally, I would have had Minnesota at – at uh, at seven, but right now, honestly, I'd I'd put Oklahoma over them right now. I put Oklahoma over Utah, which I could see definitely happening. Penn State, I definitely think that Oklahoma should jump Penn State there. So, it's looking like I would have. Hopefully, next week they have Oklahoma over uh, Utah. Or even Oregon, they can make a case for Oregon, too. Yeah, and that's the thing that kind of surprises me about those Pac-12 schools is they're really showing them a lot of love, and I don't really know why. They haven't really done a whole lot to prove it. And the committee's always like, strength of schedule, who have you played? Well, it's like, Oregon, yeah, I give you that. You went out and played Auburn, but Auburn's looking to be a shit show because they have nothing on offense. I mean, they have promising talent, but at the moment, they don't have really anything. So it's just questionable to see. Then, like I said, I don't see what's up with Utah because they lost to USC, and I know that you shouldn't be penalized off of one loss. But I mean, Utah's a whole other or USC's a whole other disaster. They're probably not gonna have their coach next year. So, yeah, you know, I hadn't really planned on doing this, and I'm gonna do this a little uh, freestyle here on the fly. Here, do you guys want to run through kind of a mock um, top twenty-five here, real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so um, what do we think? Um, I still LSU Ohio State. Yeah, I'll still take LSU at one. Um, Ohio, I I like Ohio State at two. Keep Clemson at three. I like um, you know what? Actually, I'll I'd put Georgia at three. Clemson at four. Uh, you think based off of that that strong win they got out of Auburn? 
I mean, it was just impressive. Like, even though it was 21-14, they were up 21 nothing, and, like, they won it pretty convincingly. I know that they took their foot off the pedal towards the end, but I still like that. It was a – it was so pretty convincing. When, and it was a rank, it was a ranked game, too, at their place. And, I mean, like I said, Clemson's still been blowing teams out, but still they, they – I mean, they played Wake Forest in – that they're not the talent that Clemson is. By so, please. considering uh, Alabama only scored three points after Tua went out, where do you think that they will land in for the future? Um. So yeah, the committee does definitely look at injuries. So I I I could see Alabama at I I'd see them around five or yeah six. Think they'll keep them at five. I honestly I could see Oklahoma just making that jump over over them at, and put them at five. You know, it wouldn't. It sounds kind of crazy, but at the same time, it's not because you saw what they did with Minnesota. They jumped them nine, 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 nine spots, spots after, and it was a big win. After a big win, you know, I could see them doing it with Oklahoma, and you know, maybe they deserve it, maybe they don't. They lost to a Kansas State team, which at the time was a pretty good team, and you know, they still are. They've had a couple bumps in the road, but honestly, they are really probably the best team if there was going to be a team. Um, in the rankings the way they though yeah the way they came back with resilience like that it was definitely impressive and i think that they definitely deserve that five spot over bama i mean you, if even if you put them at six and then bama at five it still would be okay but i think that you could make a case i mean they have it's a better win than at what alabama's had this year so I, I don't understand why you would have alabama over them you had a top 13 win over the program's biggest game in i don't know how many years for baylor so i mean they you know that they're going to come out and give it their them their best shot and they handled it well so i don't know i like i like uh uh oklahoma at five bama at six uh uh penn state at seven i i, I it's not gonna happen but if, if it was me that's where i would put them uh at eight i mean just by default we gotta go oregon utah yeah i gotta put them in there somewhere can't drop them too far no no and then what about you will where do you like in on that top ten, um, you know, and this might be a hot take. We're on. We're uh, we're all about hot takes here. Um, is Notre Dame jumping up around ten out of the realm of possibility? Is um, that crazy I, to no, say? I don't see that because Michigan they've been playing pretty well. But like, I I can see them at like thirteen, maybe twelve. I mean, so would you say Wisconsin, Michigan, Notre Dame all bump up? I'd say at least like two spots because I think Baylor's gonna unfortunately they're gonna drop like to like seventeen or eighteen. Notre Dame they they, they won pretty convincingly and they were seven point uh, favor today. They covered that. I'm not like a bookie or anything, but I mean at, I I consider the spread a little bit and they won. They beat the spread by a lot, so it was a good win. They played well. Um, Michigan also I was impressed with them, so I definitely deserve that. Think they deserve to move up. Um, Wisconsin as well, just kind of by default. Um, Auburn will definitely drop there. Oh, Griffin, what do you think about the about the rankings so far? You know, all I can say is I don't really care about anything else than my Buckeyes. So. Your Buckeyes, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a fair point. All we're worried about is those yeah, Buckeyes yeah. getting in there. Want to know every week. That's, that's the thing. You know, you, you, know what, know. Uh, you know what Coach Urban Meyer says? Best thing about 10-0? Chance to go eleven and zero. I'm glad you guys helped me out there. Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm not used to it. My team's eight and two, so I don't know what happens at ten or nine. Hey, you know, I guess last year I did, like but happens. I took that. I took that. I took uh, that Matt for was granted. A confused there. Yeah. yeah. Matt, Matt's not all up on that. Uh, that Ohio State Buckeye talk. Um, you know, I did say we were going to go through the twenty five. 
we'll just save the ten for now. But we, really, the the fifteen or what the matters. 15, yeah. I don't want to say that the rest of them aren't anything by any means, but those are really kind of a top, you know, kind of a coin flip kind we, of thing. We can tell you, Navy and Kansas State will be out of the top twenty-five. But besides that, we've uh, we've done a lot of good talk here. You know, we've been been going on for about thirty-five minutes. Um, our goal for our next episode is probably going to be the uh, college football playoff rankings night on Tuesday. Maybe we won't get that until Wednesday. Not sure. But that's going to be our goal for the next one. You know, we're going to look at the rankings. We're going to kind of tell you what we think um, with with the goal in mind also to talk about the the weekend's biggest matchups coming up for that weekend. You know, obviously Penn State, Ohio State, and some other matchups we'll get into. Um, this has been the 740 Sports Show, and we are signing off. We'll talk to you later.